In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gave us one gospel, and only one gospel. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you've been following my migration patterns, it's been a busy summer for me. I've been traveling, it seems like, here, there, and everywhere. I just got back from St. Louis uh, being at a floor committee, and uh, that was tons of fun, let me tell you. Um, then later on today, we're going to be traveling up to go see the installation of Reverend Frank Canast. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sure he'll correct me later on. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of traveling, and some of that traveling has meant that I've had to rent cars. Now, um, if you've ever rented a car here in Tallahassee, you've probably found out that the cheapest place to rent them is from the airport. And if you've ever rented a car from the airport, you'll notice this weird device that they have. And uh, they actually have this device at several other airports. What it is, is it's this thing that when you drive out of the parking lot for some reason, they have these spikes that stick up out of the road, and you can drive over them and not do any damage to your car. But there is this big sign that says, do not back up. (laughs) Severe tire damage. Because these spikes, if you were to back up, they would blow out your tires. Now, I have wondered for the longest time, Why backing up is such a bad thing in that spot that they need to have a device that could blow out your tires? And I have no conceivable understanding of why that contraption is there. But just because it's there, it makes me want to back up. Especially because there's a big sign that says I shouldn't do it. Well, there's a little sense of that that we have here at the beginning of our uh, reading in Galatians. And what's going on here is uh, Paul is writing a letter to his friends at Galatia. And the church at Galatia is one of the the first churches that he actually uh, gets started. And so he gets them started. And and as Paul does, he gets them started off and he says, okay, you guys good? Because I've got a ton of other people to go see. Are you okay? All right, well, I'm going to get in my rental car, and I'm going to go to the other church, and I'm going to go and you know, start them. And, and um, then pretty soon he's off on the road, and he gets an email from somebody in Galatia. And somebody is like, hey, Paul, there's something weird happening here. And he explains to him what's happening in Galatia. And what is happening in Galatia is uh, the content of our reading today. Basically, what you heard Ryan read is what's happening in this town of Galatia. And these people in Galatia have once had the gospel, but now they have gone back to something else. They've backed up and they've hit those things that have blown out their gospel tires. And so as we kind of jump into the text, uh, he, he, he explains who he is. He says, 
I am Paul, I'm an apostle, and I'm not from men or through man. Now, certainly Paul did have some credentials. It's not like Paul is saying here that, well, I have no credentials whatsoever. And we know that Paul has several different credentials, both from the Jewish side of life, but also from the Christian side of life. He's gone down to Jerusalem. He has made an appearance. All of the apostles have said, well, we weren't sure about you at first because, well, you kind of killed a bunch of us. But now we can recognize that the Holy Spirit is living and active in your life, and so go forward. But Paul is not mentioning that here. And he's not mentioning that for a very important reason. And that important reason is that there are other people who have snuck into Galatia. There are other people, just like when Jesus told the parable of the weeds and the tares where somehow overnight somebody came in and sowed something that was a weed and all of a sudden you begin to see oh there's weeds in my garden paul is beginning to see that he's beginning to see the heads of what is happening here in galatia And what is happening, particularly, these people have come in and they have said, Oh, Paul told you about Jesus? Oh, that's a great start. But, in order to really get this Christian thing down, what you need is to go back to the fundamentals. What you need is to go back to our Jewish fundamentals. I mean, Jesus was a Jewish guy. So let's go back to our Jewish fundamentals. And um, uh, that's going to mean you have to watch out what you eat. That's going to mean that you have to watch out what what you touch and what you do and what you wear. That's also going to have to mean that a whole bunch of you have to get circumcised. And for some reason, they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Sign me up. I mean, these people had to be effective and skilled communicators in order to pass that one by. But they do. And I think that's kind of, well, probably kind of pretty natural for us. Because there's something about us in our human nature that says, well, there has to be something that I do. There has to be some sort of basic fundamental that I get back to. There has to be some kind of spiritual discipline that I go back to that finally says that I'm okay with God. I mean, Jesus is good in all, and he gets me most of the way there. But then... Well, I've got to read my Bible at some point, and I probably should pray and show up to church and do some stuff like that. And we begin to see those things as the fundamentals. And we begin to see what Jesus has done for us as just the thing that helps us to get to those fundamentals. Well, Paul doesn't like that at all. In fact, it's a good thing that social media was not around during Paul's day, because otherwise this would have gotten out. If you look at how this letter starts, he says, Paul, an apostle, not uh, from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and the brothers who are with me, to the graces, uh, to the Churches of Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, that all sounds pretty good, right? 
until you compare it with all of Paul's other letters. Where then he goes into this moment that is usually called the Thanksgiving. Where he says, I thank my God and Father that you guys are so great. Well, Paul just totally skips that section here. It's normally what Paul does. But Paul, sitting there, writing this book, is trying to think and going, Okay, well, what can I thank God for in this? People of Galatia. Hmm. I thank God that eh, you have lips. No. I think, well, let's just get to the heart of the matter. And so that's exactly what Paul does. And he starts off, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Dot, dot, dot. Not that there actually is a different gospel. But you're turning to something that you think is gospel. And isn't that the way that it goes for us so often? Instead of turning to Christ, when things get tough, we think, well, maybe I need to go back to the fundamentals. Maybe I need to go back to, well... Maybe there's some way that I can figure this out on my own. The Holy Spirit is an awesome guy. And this originally was not a part of my sermon, but I saw my dad yesterday. And I was able to do that because I got out of this stupid floor committee meeting early. Praise be to God. It was awful. Which meant that since my parents live in St. Louis, I was able to hang out with them for a little while. And we were able to talk a little bit. And my dad was telling me this story that fits so perfectly. He was telling me this story. My dad plays Monopoly the real game. Uh, what he does is, now that he's retired, um, the man is never going to actually stop working. And so what he's done is he's just transitioned himself into being a landlord. And so what he does is he goes throughout... St. Louis, and he buys up cheap properties that are in distress, and he flips them, not in order to sell them again, but in order to rent them out. And so he has a bunch of rental properties throughout St. Louis, and that means that he gets to know a lot of different neighbors. I mean, it's a beautiful evangelism plan if you think about it. Like, we evangelize our neighbors the best, and he just has like 10 sets of neighbors when we only have one. And one of these neighbors is kind of a weird, squirrely guy, and uh, he, he works for the newspaper, which means that he has odd hours, and he always has a whole bunch of beer cans that are sitting out on his back porch, and looking at the number of beer cans, you start to put the math together, and you wonder how many fraternity men are living in his house with him, and then you find out, well, it's none, he's drinking all of those by himself. And he's kind of this weird guy, but he and my dad have gotten uh, along, and they've started to talk. And as they start to talk, uh, there starts to be this trust and this friendship that's built up. And what has happened is just recently is this man has come to my dad, and he has said, 
you know, I'm finally admitting it. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm trying to get my life right. And I grew up Roman Catholic. I'm trying this Christian thing. But I have no idea what it's all about, really. Because I don't think they taught me that. And so I've been trying to read the Bible. And I just don't understand it. And my dad goes, oh, well, what you probably need is somebody to read it with you and somebody to answer your questions and somebody to tell you what this is all about. My pastor has a class on Sunday mornings. It's this new member class. And why, why don't we go to that together? To which I scolded my dad and said, really, you couldn't read the Bible with him? Uh. But I guess as a second best option, take him to pastor's class. So anyway, they're planning on going to pastor's class. Uh, it gets started next week. And they're planning on going there, and um, and then my dad wanted to dump him. And he, he wanted to be like, well, I'll be there for a week, and then I'm going to my own thing. And I was like, you can't do that, you moron. <laughs> I love my father, but sometimes I'm kind of like, what? Stick with him. But here's the thing. Here's why that story is so perfect for this. This guy was trying to get back to the fundamentals. His life was in shambles. He knew that he needed a change. And yet the fundamental that he went to was not the right one. It wasn't the fundamental. Reading the Bible is awesome. Don't let me let you hear that it is not important. It is very important. But it's not the fundamental. The fundamental is the thing that Paul is talking about to the Galatians. The fundamental is the thing that we're going to be talking about for the next seven or so weeks. The fundamental is justification. It's a word that we've often lost in how we do church. But it's an important word. It's a word that means that what God has done by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world is that He has justified you. He has set you right. If you justify a paragraph, it, you can go to, to Microsoft Word later on this afternoon and highlight some text and hit justify. And here's what it's going to do. It's going to set everything in order so it's nice and neat and pretty. That is what God does for you. 
That's what my dad's neighbor needs to hear before he starts reading the Bible. That, yeah, there's this story and there's important stuff in this book. And here, it's all about this thing called justification. Which means that God has set you right in your relationship with Him. It's what the Galatians need to hear. And Paul will tell them over and over again, very angrily, that they need to hear this. That God has set you right. That it's not about the stuff that you do, but it's about what He has done in justifying you. And it's what you need to hear. It's what you need to hear before you come back to church again. It's what you need to hear before you open up your Bible in the middle of the week. It's what you need to hear before you pray. It's what you need to hear before you do any good work. You are forgiven. God has justified you by the grace that is shown to us in His Son dying on the cross. And raising again. And that is what drives this whole Christian thing. Without it, we're lost. With it, we have everything. So may this week, may you go back to this sense of justification every morning. May you get up in the morning and make the sign of the cross And remember that you are forgiven and that Jesus Christ loves you so much that he justified you. And may you see what a difference it makes to go back to the right thing. Amen.